Hi, this is Jisley with another episode of my design journal. In this episode, I'll be talking about a survey that I fielded this week and some of the results. So this week I fielded a survey to teachers on uh, Prolific on that platform via a Qualtrics survey. And it was a really, really short survey. Um, but my goal was to understand what challenges teachers perceive in delivering social emotional learning um, and or mindfulness practices in their classroom. And so I received about 17 responses from teachers across 12 states in the US. And while I was primarily interested in middle school teachers, only two of the responses came from this population. Uh, nonetheless, it was still really interesting to learn overall how uh, teachers at various grade levels think about incorporating these practices into their classroom. So I'll talk a little bit about the screening criteria and the questions that I asked before uh, getting into the results and some of, of my takeaways. So um, there were four screening uh, criteria that I used in this survey. First, I wanted to talk to people in the US. So uh, everybody's primary country of residence was the United States. Um, they were also all teachers. So I asked about their primary work sector and accepted those that responded education and training and when asked if their job involved uh, teaching, then they must have said yes. Um, and then I also threw in a question around meditation. So all of these teachers self-report that they meditate. It was a simple question through the prolific uh, platform that, um, I don't love the wording, <laughs> but um, it's, a, it's one of the limitations of the platform. You kind of just can use the screening criteria questions that they have. You can't really add on your own. So the question was just, do you meditate? And the answer was yes for all of these teachers. So that was uh, the screening criteria. And then I asked four questions. Uh, I asked them what grade level they teach. I asked what subject they teach. Um, I asked them to describe the demographics of their students. Um, and there were three answers there, either mostly white, mix of white and students of color, or mostly students of color. And um, I also asked them a yes, and no, yes or no question. So actually I mentioned there were four questions, but there are actually five because this last one has, is a two-part question. So this last one was, have you incorporated social emotional learning and or mindfulness practices into your classroom? And then if they said yes to that, then I also asked them to describe their experience and challenges they encountered while incorporating social emotional learning and our mindfulness practices into their classroom. And if no, I asked them to describe their reasons that they haven't incorporated social emotional learning and or mindfulness practices into their classroom. So very simple survey, just five straightforward questions to get a sense of uh, what the experiences and challenges were in incorporating these practices into their classrooms. And so I will go over the results. Um, first, uh, I wanted to kind of give the breakdown of the responses that I received first by grade level. 
So uh, most of the teachers, 41% of the teachers that responded to this survey, again, N equals 17, so it's still a pretty small scale survey, but 41 of these teachers reported teaching first through fourth grade. The next largest population uh, were 29% of teachers uh, reported teaching in higher education. And then we had 18% of teachers reported teaching high school, so 9th through 12th grade. And then, sadly for me, <laughs> the smallest bucket was 12% of teachers reporting um, that they were teaching 7th and 8th grade. So mostly for mostly elementary school, um, also really, really good representation of higher ed, and then a few responses for middle and high school. And then it's also interesting to note that there were a few other options, um, answer options that were not selected. So we didn't have any teachers um, that reported teaching pre-K, kindergarten, or fifth through sixth grade. Um, and later I learned that teachers kind of think about the grade sort of drop-offs a little bit differently. Like there was a teacher that uh, messaged me about not knowing which option to pick because she taught fifth through eighth grade. So for future surveys, I might uh, rethink about how I uh, segment these grades so that they're more aligned with how teachers are trained to teach. Another aspect uh, was the, that student demographics question. So of all of these teachers, about half of them, a little bit over half, so 53% of teachers reported teaching a mix of white and students of color. And then the next bucket was about 29% of teachers reporting um, teaching mostly white students. And then the smallest segment, uh, teachers reporting, 18% teach, uh, of teachers reported teaching mostly students of color. Again, that's sad for me because that was the segment that I am most interested in, but it was still good to get a few responses there. Uh, and then in terms of mindfulness teaching, um, so most of them, about two-thirds, 71% of teachers reported incorporating social-emotional learning and or mindfulness practices in, into their classroom. And then about a third or 29% of the teachers reported they did not incorporate social-emotional learning and or mindfulness into their classrooms. So now I'll move into the second part of the results where I talk a little bit about um, the reasons uh, behind some of these options. So uh, let's start with the group of um, that, that third of teachers uh, that did not incorporate uh, social emotional learning and mindfulness practices into their classrooms. So what were their reasons for not incorporating it into their classrooms? Well, there's really three big themes here. One of them is the perception of uh, those practices not being relevant or useful. So uh, a couple of quotes here, one teacher mentioned, it's not relevant to my field. And another teacher shared, I think it's a waste of time. I am busy enough as it is. The second theme was a sense of not having the time. So you kind of heard this from that last teacher. And, and here's another one that also mentioned, I'm a pull out teacher. I just have kids for 30 minutes at a time. 
I'm not totally sure what that means, but I look forward to uh, finding out. <laughs> and the last bucket was a group that hadn't considered it. So they said things like, it has never occurred to me to include them, or I've not heard of it. So there may be a little bit of just an awareness issue. Um, I know different states and counties kind of treat the, the state standards a little bit differently. Um, so it's surprising to me that some teachers have not heard of social and emotional learning. Um, maybe they just hadn't heard of, of mindfulness. Um, that's another area of room for improvement for the survey. I kind of conflated the two together, but they are distinct. So perhaps in future surveys, I might split it out, uh, one for just social emotional learning curriculum and another one for a more mindfulness-based uh, curriculum. All right, so moving on to the segment of teachers that did incorporate um, mindfulness into their classrooms. Um, so there are three buckets um, to define these experiences. So either positive experiences with the practices and results, negative experiences with the practices and results, and more neutral experiences with the practices and results. So um, just in terms of uh, kind of how heavily weighted each of these are, um, I'll say that there are uh, three comments that I coded as positive, one comment that I coded as negative, and one comment that I coded as neutral. So I'll read each of those to give you a sense of what teachers are saying. So let's start with the positive. So we had three teachers here, um, and here's one of them. I haven't experienced any challenges. Incorporating social emotional learning has led to better performance in my students. That's interesting and it kind of correlates to some of what I've been reading, um, some research and evidence around um, mindfulness helping students perform better academically, including standardized tests like the ACT. A second quote here is that I have attempted with great success to use mindfulness to help students settle during these difficult times. So I love this one because it kind of points at the utility of these practices, especially when things aren't going well. In the last quote, I work with children with disabilities, so cueing into their emotional learning is imperative. So uh, I really like the, the word here, imperative. Uh, to me, it highlights the importance of this work. All right, so uh, I love this example. I think it's very honest uh, about the negative experiences with the practices and results. We had one teacher that if I could, I would make this kind of the headline, even though it is representative of the sample. I just, I got a kick out of it. Um, they said, well, buzzworthy waste of time. Buzzword worthy waste of time. <laughs> I would disagree, but I really, really appreciate the honesty and uh, totally agree that this is a perception that exists out there. Um, mindfulness especially is definitely a buzzword in, um, in our society right now. Um, and not, it's not effective for everyone. So uh, yeah, I, I really appreciate this um, negative um, 
experience uh, being shared with us to kind of balance out the other themes. And then there was a more neutral response here, um, which was, I typically have another teacher come in to help with it. I'm not the main one in charge. I thought that was interesting too, that this teacher relies on a specialist to deliver this training as opposed to taking it on and teaching it themselves. So that to me felt pretty neutral just because they hadn't really gone into detail about whether um, that was working or not, how well that was working or not. And, um, they, it sounds like they just haven't really had a personal experience with it other than facilitating um, their students to work with this other teacher. Okay, so let's shift gears again. And now we're going to talk about the challenges that teachers reported in incorporating SEL and mindfulness into their classrooms. So there are four buckets here um, that I coded. Um, there's about eight different responses and I coded them into four buckets. So the first bucket is a lack of perceived student interest. The first quote is, I will always worry that some adult students won't buy into mindfulness. So this was a teacher in higher education, obviously uh, referring to adult students here. Um, and interesting that they call in the, that they bring in the sense of buying into it. I heard that in some of my interviews of how important it is for people to buy into this as a community. Um, and uh, it's trending better over time. Uh, it was more difficult years ago. Uh, and now that there's more science and research kind of backing the, the benefits, I, it feels like people are beginning to become a little bit more open and understanding that um, it is a secular practice, it's not a religious practice, um, and that uh, everyone benefits from the teachers to students to even the parents when the students bring these practices home. Okay, so uh, that's one example of lack of perceived student interest. I'll give another example here. This other person um, says, freshmen are resistant to mindful mindfulness and social emotional learning coming out of the public school system. They want to know what the right answer or way of doing things would be. It's a challenge to get them to enjoy the process. So this teacher is also pointing at something interesting that um, it, it, it kind of requires a mindset shift. And that's um, this person's view is that students are coming out of the system with a certain mindset and it's difficult to shift that mindset from getting an answer right to actually enjoying the process. That's a very real challenge. The second uh, bucket of challenges here, um, and we heard this a little bit with the people that haven't incorporated it into their classroom, is that it's difficult for teachers to find the time for these practices within already full schedules. So uh, one of the teachers here mentioned finding time to balance these practices with the curriculum requirements. Uh, she mentioned that in response uh, to being asked about a challenge. The third bucket is getting students to engage with practices. So there's three quotes here. The first one is, the biggest challenge has been getting the students to actively participate in the mindfulness activities. Another teacher says, kids were playing or not taking it seriously. And then the third one is, it's tough because some don't want to comply but it helps long-term. 
So uh, here I clearly hear the teachers kind of in this conundrum of wanting to teach it, but having difficulties with the students engaging with the practices. And then the last theme here is the difficulty in being consistent with these practices. So two quotes here, the first one being, being consistent with our deep breathing. When our schedule changes, it's hard being consistent with the breath work. So here they're kind of pointing at, um, you know, schools can change a lot in terms of schedule. Um, and it's hard to kind of keep consistency in the midst of these, these changes. And another teacher mentioned, I'm not as good as I'd like um, reinforcing it on a regular basis. I need to build in more activities throughout the semester to have students check in with their mindful habits. I love this response as well because it points at the importance of uh, really the teacher having their own mindfulness practice in a way. Um, and if they're consistent with their practice, then it becomes easier to lead others and being consistent with the practices. So those were some of the results from the survey. I'm just gonna talk really, really briefly about three of my takeaways, kind of taking a step back and uh, reading the, the data from a more um, kind of zoomed out view. And really what I found most interesting is that all of the positive experiences uh, highlighted here come from teachers that reported teaching mostly white students. So that's really curious and interesting, right? Of, of the five teachers that taught predominantly white students, only one of them mentioned that it was challenging. And it was that teacher that said, it's tough because they don't want to comply, but it helps long-term. Um, so this is interesting and it may be pointing towards the additional challenges that teachers in mixed and predominantly non-white classrooms may be facing for a variety of reasons. The second theme um, or takeaway here um, that I'm, I'm kind of gleaming from this is that it's helpful for me to learn that teachers across various subjects have incorporated SEL and mindfulness practices into their classrooms. So uh, we heard teachers um, everywhere from, you know, general ed to homeroom and also, um, also math and science and English and reading all the way to government and theater. So I'm really heartened by this. I think it's great that um, many, many teachers across many, many subjects are kind of taking the helm and uh, bringing some of these practices into their classrooms. Again, sometimes it's kind of mandated by state standards, but other times it's just out of interest and personal experience. Uh, at least that's what I've been hearing so far in some of my interviews. And lastly, my takeaway, another takeaway is that my solution uh, should keep these challenges in mind and address them through design. So again, to recap the challenges, they are um, the perceived lack of student interest, finding the time for these practices, getting students to engage, and to support the teachers and the students in being consistent with these practices. So that's all that I have for you today in this episode. Um, thank you for listening.